This is the multi-voice text-to-speech podfic reading of Pigeons, Crisps, and Three Claiming Bites by Quiet Lemon Hush, composed by Burning Aurora. It wasn't even a proper kidnapping. This isn't even a proper kidnapping, Sirius complained. Shouldn't you have done a ransom note? The other man, his name was Dale, but Sirius was calling him Dirk to be annoying, shot him a look. He wasn't the worst-looking man Sirius had ever seen. Blonde, fit, blue eyes somebody probably would like a bit. Sirius didn't like blondes. Or anyone who wasn't Remus, and that one time James. And sometimes Ted Tonks, but he didn't admit that aloud and it wasn't his fault because Ted was a right piece of ass, especially for a beta. Dale slash Dirk cleared his throat. Omega should be seen and not heard, dear, he said. Huff my ball sweat, Sirius said indignantly and he didn't know if it was because he had been called an Omega or called a deer. Both were bad. Dale slash Dirk had a lot of bad habits. Sirius was discovering them quite rapidly, being stuck in this stupid bloody warehouse with a collar on his neck. Okay, so technically he had been kidnapped. Technically Dale slash Dirk had stunned him leaving a chocolate shop when he was a little too invested in a sugar quill and not quite invested enough in his surroundings. Technically Dale slash Dirk had brought him to a warehouse somewhere and shoved some tacky collar around his neck that Sirius couldn't, or hadn't yet, broken out of. Technically Dale slash Dirk was doing a lot of talks about bonding and his future in the House of Black and how beautiful Sirius would be. Swollen with his seed. It was unbearable. Sirius had plans today. He hadn't even got to finish his sugar quill. I will, when we're bonded. Dale slash Dirk, Dilk, Sirius decided, said solemnly. The collar will draw forth our bond. Do you feel your heat approaching yet? Dilk, you were such a fucking turn off that I actually unpresented ten minutes ago, Sirius said itching at the collar. It was attached to the wall by a chain, and Dilk was wisely staying out of punching range. He had also made off with Sirius's wand. You will call me Alpha, Dilk said with a sullen little frown. My ass sealed itself shut forever when you said that, Sirius said. I think it's some kind of repulsion magic. What you just said was so physically disgusting that I no longer have an asshole. Dilk glowered at him and went back to his papers. He was pretty obsessed with the papers. Sirius hadn't got a good look at them, being chained to the wall, and all, but he thought he saw Regulus's name. Really, are you going to write a ransom note? You are not to be ransomed from me, Dilk breathed. You're mine. Ugh. I am writing Lord Regulus to formally introduce myself as his new brother-in-law. Oh good. Sirius said. Regulus loves mail. Dilk perked up a bit at that. Does he? Sirius nodded. He didn't. But be sure to use his full title. Lord Regulus Arcturus Black. Regulus didn't love that either. Dilk bobbed his head, jotting notes quickly. Of course. It would be improper otherwise. Um hum. He hates informality. That bit was true. Sirius kicked his legs up. Hey, can I have some crisps? Dilk frowned. That isn't nutritious food. For you to bear our child, your magical womb will need. Are you alright? Sirius heaved, clutching his middle. No, I don't say magical womb to me. That's so fucking gross. Don't you have any manners? Who raised you? Dilk had the grace to look ashamed. I apologize, my Omega. I did not mean to offend. 
Of course, such language is. Nasty, you fucking madman. Merlin, what's Regulus going to think of you? You better let me read that letter. Does it say the MW word? Dilk looked alarmed. No, no, I did not say. He looked pained for a moment. Perhaps you should read the letter. Sirius straightened up, shrugged. For some crisps, yeah, I'll read the letter. He ate the crisps as loudly as he could, half listening as Dilk read the letter aloud. It was bullshit, but that was fine. Lots of adoration thrown Regulus's way. To extend the bloodline of the most noble house in the world, an honor to own an Omega of such high caliber. Gross. Regulus would have a field day. After he painted the walls with Dilk's blood. Make sure to compliment his family. Mention existing family members. It's customary. Sirius said, popping another crisp into his mouth. Alphard and Pollux and the like. Don't forget our Aunt Talitha. They didn't have an Aunt Talitha. It was a code word. It would make Regulus arrive like a bat out of hell. Or a snake out of hell. A second son who had dueled his father to put an end to practices exactly like this. Out of hell. Sirius was very much looking forward to it. He didn't get to see Regulus go wild on deserving prey much these days. Although once Snape had cursed James in front of Regulus, made him bleed, and Regulus had blasted his literal legs off, just two bloody stumps that Snape spent six months regrowing in St. Mungo's. Sirius laughed until he cried. Dilk sent the letter off with a scrawny-looking pigeon named Betty, who was much better looking than Dilk himself. Where'd you get a pigeon? Sirius asked, turning the bag of crisps upside down to shake the last of the seasoning into his mouth. Captured it. Undress. Dilk ordered, rising to his feet and unbuckling his belt. I don't like you like that. Sirius said. I don't like you at all. It is time for our bonding. Dilk said, taking a step forward. His trousers fell to his feet. He was wearing silk boxers, which almost made Sirius laugh. Even he thought that was gauche. You must present yourself for my knot. Your car. Not touching me with that thing. Sirius said, pleased with his wordplay. Sit down, Dilk. You will call me Alpha, Dilk said, a hint of a whine in his voice. He must have heard it too, because he tried again. You will call me Alpha, he said, and this time Sirius could hear the magic in it, the undercurrent of command. Sirius had heard an Alpha voice before, of course. Remus trotted it out in attempts to get him to put his teacups in the sink when he was finished. Only Remus was magnificent and strong and everything Sirius had ever desired in a human, and Sirius would roll around on his back like a little milk-drunk kitten if Remus wanted, whereas Dilk was, well, not Mooney. That was a very good try, Sirius hummed. Your mum would be proud. What's her name? Dilk faltered. You will. You. That's a lovely name. Bet she's brilliant at the winter holes. Sirius smiled winningly. Dilk stunned him. Regulus was already annoyed by the time the letter came. Sirius was late. They were meant to be preparing for their double date to the art gallery. The two of them had to work hard to sound smart at muggle galleries, having no idea who anyone but Van Gogh was because he was a wizard. Sirius didn't care so much. But Regulus was tired of Remus showing him up, and Sirius had grudgingly promised to help him study. Regulus had made flash cards. But Sirius was late, 
hadn't even bothered to send a Patronus or call on the two-way mirror. Regulus was going to curse him. Or maybe describe his sex life a bit. Sirius hated that. It would serve him right. He didn't have anything good to do while he waited. James and Remus were playing an extremely annoying game of gobstones. Remus was winning, he was always winning, and James kept playing because he liked how pleased Remus looked to win, and it was so sweet that Regulus thought his eyes had been replaced with two quivering pink hearts, and that was unacceptable. He took a sullen sip of his tea and thought violent thoughts towards his brother. A pigeon tapped at the window. Who sends mail by pigeon? James asked. Commoners, Regulus said, rising to his feet. It was an annoying aristocratic thing to say, and he only did it to remind James that he hadn't been tamed by all the goodwill floating around the house these days. He let the pigeon in. It looks hungry, Remus said with a frown. Give it some treats. Yes, Lord Lupin, Regulus said snidely, pouring out a few treats into a little bowl. Thank you for gracing me with your alpha presence. You're welcome, Remus said. Regulus wrinkled his nose as he took the rolled-up parchment off the bird, and it stayed wrinkled as he read the letter. A whole lot of groveling. Lord Regulus Arcturus Black, I pay homage to thee. And weird descriptions of Sirius's beauty. A womb that would entice the gods. Sirius would hate that. Regulus would be sure to show him later so he could laugh when Sirius gagged. By the time you have received this, I will be bound to your brother and come to take my place among you and your honored family line, your uncle Alfred and Aunt Talitha, your... Regulus opened his mouth to call for James, but James must have been able to sense it, the rush of fear, because he was at Regulus's side in an instant. What is it? James asked, his chest to Regulus's back. What's wrong? Regulus could already smell him, the comfort of all spice and amber wrapping around him as surely as James's arms. He swallowed around the lump in his throat. Sirius. Regulus managed. Sirius is in danger. Sirius woke up this time with a headache, and he was considerably angrier about the whole situation. And maybe a shade afraid. Unsettled, more like. Uncomfortable. Dilk was stroking his bare chest. You are a very beautiful Omega, Dilk said. His breath smelled like tuna. I am going to rip your balls off and feed them to you, Sirius growled. He went to punch, but his arms were bound, and that rippled unpleasantly through his body. He hated being bound. You will learn to submit to me, Dilk said. He rested one palm flat on Sirius's belly. You will bear my seed. Already the collar has made you ripe to receive our bond. Ripe? Sirius groaned. Your vocabulary is fucking garbage. Dilk opened his mouth with a little frown. The doors of the warehouse burst inwards. Sirius would never admit how relieved he was to see Regulus and James. It would go straight to their heads. As it was, he watched with no small satisfaction as Regulus stalked in, all dark robes and angry eyes. His robes were billowing, and Sirius knew for a fact he had charmed them to do that, and stopped by the little desk where Dilk had written his letters. James stopped behind him, his wand drawn. Beside James was Remus, and Sirius would be a fool not to admit how glad he was to see Mooney, all the stress uncoiling and fleeing his body at once. Milk-drunk little kitten, Sirius thought distantly. Lord Regulus, Dilk breathed. I'm going to cut your tongue out.
Regulus said flatly. He produced a knife from his dark robes. Come here and stick it out on this desk. Lord Regulus, I have knotted. He did not fucking knot me. Sirius spat. Remus growled. Dale. Regulus said calmly. Dilk. Sirius corrected. I'm going to peel off your skin like a bad outfit, and you speaking only increases the amount of salt I'll pour in the slits where your face used to be. Regulus said. You will listen. Dilk said in that shoddy excuse for an alpha voice, and that was a mistake, really, because suddenly James was there, moving so fast he must have apparated, and he swung his fist directly into Dilk's stomach. When Dilk hunched over in pain, James drove his knee into his face, and then threw the man down at Regulus's feet. My husband does not appreciate your theatrics, Regulus said to the crumpled ball of Dilk at his feet. In James's wake came Remus. Sirius had never seen Remus with that look on his face, like a storm touching down to earth. Before he even spoke he had grabbed the collar around Sirius's neck, the solid iron ring, and broke it in half like it was a toy. Mooney! Sirius sighed, relief spreading through him. Remus was already jerking him upright, rough hands rubbing down his torso, his legs, as if checking to make sure all of him was still there. Are you hurt? Remus murmured a hint of warning at the edges of his voice, and then Sirius was spun, his face pressed against the wall as Remus stroked over his back, his arse, the backs of his thighs. Sirius, are you hurt? Did he touch you? I'm all right, Sirius said. Mooney, I'm all right, I'm. Remus pressed his face to the back of Sirius's neck, inhaling deeply, and Sirius squirmed a little at being so obviously scented. As soon as he did, there was a pressure at his sides, Remus's two warm palms, squeezing lightly. No, Remus rumbled. Don't. Okay, Sirius said quietly, and didn't move as Remus sniffed along his hairline. Finally Remus gusted out a breath, and let go just long enough to pull his own jumper off and manhandle it over Sirius's head. He's all right, Remus called roughly. Take him home, Regulus ordered. To Grimold. Remus stepped back far enough for Sirius to glance over his shoulder at where Dilk was on his knees. Regulus was still holding his knife, looking besotted in James's general direction. James and I will be there after we have a little lover's quarrel about the ethics of murder. They had barely apparated into the front room at Grimald Place when Remus pushed him up against the wall and kissed him. It was less of a kiss and more of a demand, Remus licking along the ridge of his teeth hands calloused and rough on Sirius's sides, under the jumper. Sirius groaned into his mouth, overwhelmed by the intensity of the kiss, of Remus pressing against him. He broke away to catch his breath, but Remus was cupping the back of his neck and pulled him right back, slanting their mouths together again. I could have lost you. Remus snarled against his mouth, rocking against him, sounding not at all in his right mind. I could have. He was holding Sirius so tightly it hurt, one hand digging into his ribs. Sirius could smell the scent rolling off of him now. Sirius's body responded instinctively, and he could do nothing more than moan as one strong thigh pressed against his groin. If it was anyone else, Sirius would have been embarrassed by the way his legs canted open, the wine working its way out of the back of his throat. Alf, Mooney. He caught himself, hands flat on Remus's chest. He had a moment of relief before Remus threw him to the ground, and then he was on top of him, biting at the nape of his neck, 
tearing his jeans off of his hips. Sirius scrabbled at the floorboards. They were in the fucking parlor. Regulus and James could come in any minute. Mooney. He tried, but the sound came out garbled as Remus unceremoniously pushed two fingers into his arse. Fuck. Sirius swore, slick and hot and overwhelmed already. He wriggled against the fingers and found Remus's palm between his shoulder blades, pushing him down until his chest kissed the floor. Mooney hits, can we? The flu is right. Remus scissored his fingers impatiently. His fingers were long and slender and cruel, and they twisted viciously inside him, an unspoken demand that Sirius was incapable of denying. Remus's fingers found his prostate. He pressed and held, his free hand coming up to press against Sirius's perineum, massaging him inside and out, and Sirius let out a muffled wail, the pleasure too much to cope with, too much to hold on to. Suddenly he was empty. He panted against the floorboards of Grimald Place, dizzy and disoriented with the quickness of it all. A moment ago he had been across the city in a collar and now he was clenching around nothing on the floor of his childhood home, wet and slicked because Remus wanted him to be, and his body didn't need more than Remus's want to respond. He rubbed his face against his arm, breathing hard, and when he felt the head of Remus's cock against his hole he stopped breathing altogether. The flu. Sirius managed weakly, and then shouted at the uncomfortable feeling of apparition. They appeared a second later in Sirius's room upstairs, and Remus used that first moment, that confusing, molecule-shifting movement to force his cock inside of him. He choked, a keen stuck halfway in his throat, and even after all this time Remus was big, demanding, pushing into Sirius like he could claim him from the inside out. Sirius threw his head back and spread his knees as far as he could trying to take the pressure off, to relax, to let Remus take him. Remus growled above him, the pad of his index finger rubbing against Sirius's rim, over his perineum, pressing lightly to make him catch his breath, a reminder of how good and how much he could make Sirius feel. Good. Remus ground out, settling against him, their hips flush. He was fully seated now, and it burned but it felt right, and Sirius tried to breathe around the bulk of him. Distantly he thought this was what Dilk wanted from him, but the idea was laughable, beyond the realm of possibility. He could never do this for anyone but Remus, would never let anyone else throw him down and fuck him like this. He wanted to say as much but when he opened his mouth, only a ragged moan came out. There was an answering moan behind him and then Remus was moving, hips pumping into him, and Sirius could only hold on, panting into the sheets. Remus could be so gentle with him, but he wasn't being gentle now, was fucking breathless gasps and little whimpers out of him. Sirius's eyes were wet and he was too overwhelmed to beg. He shifted forward just a hair, but Remus dragged him back, thrusting harder, making him take it. Remus, he gasped, voice cracking on the word. Remus slid one strong arm under Sirius's chest and hauled him up onto his knees. Sirius groaned at the change of position, at Remus's teeth in his neck, worrying at the skin relentlessly. Each thrust threatened to lift him off the bed entirely, to leave him supported only by Remus's hands and cock. Sirius's head lolled back against Remus's shoulder. He knew he was crying, more overcome than anything else, his cheeks wet and his voice hoarse and Remus everywhere, fucking everywhere. Could have lost you, Remus hissed against his ear. Someone could have. No, 
Sirius shook his head. Only you, only you, only ever. Remus slammed into him, the head of his cock rubbing insistently at Sirius's prostate. Only me, he snarled, one hand dropping to Sirius's cock, jerking him with rough little movements that made Sirius want to obey. Only ever me, Remus said. Sirius could feel the pressure of Remus's not growing against his entrance, and he gasped out a Yes, yes, trying to push back into him. Please, gods, Mooney. The world exploded in a wave of pleasure as Sirius came, Remus's not stretching him open, locking them together. Remus's hand flew over his cock, jerking him hard and fast like he would wring every last moment of pleasure out of Sirius's body. And even when Sirius batted at him Remus just slowed down, squeezing lightly, making Sirius arch. Sirius was loose, his whole body shaking and dense and exhausted. Remus let out a little hum as he lowered Sirius to the bed again, his hips still jerking in little circles that pulled and tugged at Sirius's rim, bumped against his prostate. Mooney! He whimpered against the bed, so fucking full, Remus's not keeping him open and stretched. Remus nosed at the back of Sirius's neck, and Sirius let out a warbling cry as teeth sunk in there. It felt more than a usual bite, felt like magic, like something pulling tight between them and then blooming. Sirius shivered with it, shaking uncontrollably until Remus's arms wrapped around him, hot and strong and firm. He could feel Remus soothing over the bite, could feel himself sinking under, and he no longer had the strength to stay in the moment. He let himself drift into exhaustion. Sirius couldn't tell how long it had been when he woke up, but the first thing he was aware of was Remus pushing inside of him. He was filthy, covered in sweat and spit and cum, his legs wet with his own slick, and he let out a pitiful noise at the pressure of Remus's fingertips opening him again. Hush, Remus soothed. Sirius cried out. His rim was puffy and abused, stretched from Remus's cock and his knot and despite his soft voice, he showed no mercy. He pushed a second finger inside of him, holding him open. Hush, I've got you, Remus murmured. He was between Sirius's spread legs, and he nuzzled at the inside of Sirius's thigh. It's me, I'm here. I can't, Sirius begged. His words dissipated into nothingness as he felt Remus's teeth again, this time on the thin skin of his right thigh, biting in hard enough to bruise, Hard enough to break the skin, hard enough that magic sizzled and popped between them and Sirius came unexpectedly, painting his own stomach with thick white stripes. He slept again, and hours must have passed while Sirius floated. He woke sometimes to Remus mouthing at his shoulder, the knobs of his spine, grazing his teeth along Sirius's arse cheek. Sirius surfaced enough to plead when Remus swallowed his cock down, fucking Sirius with his fingers managing the frantic motion of his hips with ease. Sirius cried when he came, the world shaking apart around him, his own name forgotten in the haze. Finally he woke again, his limbs loose as he sprawled in Remus's lap. His back was to Remus's chest, and Remus must have fucked him again because he could feel the steady pressure of his knot inside of him. Little hitching breaths worked their way out of Sirius's chest as Remus rocked them slowly just enough for Sirius to know how full he was, how claimed. His hair was damp from sweat, plastered to his neck. The bites at his neck and thigh tingled. You with me, Remus murmured, stroking gentle fingers down Sirius's sides, his belly. 
Hmm. Sirius rasped. He was desperately thirsty, and as if on cue a cup was pressed to his lips. He drank greedily, swallowed every drop. A moment later the glass was refilled and Sirius pushed at it weakly, but Remus brought it back to his lips and made him drink that too. Good, Remus murmured, turning his head to kiss him, and this kiss was softer, his fingertips gentle against Sirius's neck. Sirius let his eyes fall closed, and only opened them when he felt Remus lifting his wrist, carefully bringing it back over Sirius's shoulder to fit his teeth over the pulse point there, biting down hard. Sirius moaned, the bites at his neck and thigh singing pleasantly when he did, Remus's knot throbbing inside of him, the whole world swaying and shimmering under the weight of it all. It was the feeling of a strong spell, threads of magic weaving together, finalizing, taking shape. Then Remus released his wrist, placing a kiss where he had bitten. There's that sorted, Remus murmured, cradling Sirius against his chest. Rest now, love. Sirius sank back against him, his lashes kissing his cheeks. He was grimy, sweat-soaked and bone-tired, like he had run several marathons back to back, and there wasn't a part of his body that didn't ache. But underneath that he felt settled, like whatever question had been asked of him was answered well and truly. He let himself go limp against Remus, and he slept. It was morning when Sirius opened his eyes next. He was cleaner now, he still wanted a bath, but he could feel the tingle of cleaning charms left behind on his skin, the layers of sweat and semen gone. He was still sore as anything, and his arse twinged when he shifted. He was also not alone. Look, sleeping lovely is awake, Regulus said, just enough mockery in his voice for Sirius to know he had been worried. It's sleeping beauty, Remus corrected. Regulus made an irritated noise. There was a hand on his back, smoothing over the muscles there. Sit up, love. You need to eat. Can he sit? James asked. From what we saw. You shouldn't have opened the door, Remus said gruffly. Excuse me for wanting to check on my kidnapped brother, Regulus snapped. I thought you'd be feeding him soup like a regular person, not fucking him like a madman. I've got soup for him now, Remus said mildly. Sit up, Pads. You open the door. Sirius mumbled, letting Remus draw him up to a sitting position. It did hurt, but Remus murmured a quick spell, and that helped. He blinked around the room. Remus was sitting beside him in the bed, dressed now, and Regulus and James had dragged chairs upstairs to sit there as well. Betty the pigeon was on James's shoulder, which pleased Sirius immensely. She looked happier already. It wouldn't matter either way. James said, stepping close enough to run his wand under Sirius's eyes, a diagnostic spell popping into life above his head. Betty cooed at him. The whole house smelled like sex. No lasting damage from that collar, Regulus said, leaning into James's side with a note of relief in his voice. I'm still having Gideon examine it to be sure, but I think we're safe. Eat, Remus ordered, setting a tray in Sirius's lap, laden with soup and bread and a wide array of cheeses. There was a note in his voice like he'd start spoon-feeding Sirius soon, so Sirius ripped off a chunk of the bread and popped it in his mouth. Where's Dill? He asked around the bread, although it came out more as Mir's milk. He's dead, Regulus announced cheerfully. James didn't even fight me this time. I really didn't appreciate the whole alpha voice command he did there. 
James said, looking like he was still annoyed about it. On someone else's husband. That's just rude. Well now he's dead, Regulus said, kissing James's cheek. And skinless. What happened to his skin? Sirius asked, lifting a spoonful of soup to his mouth. I took it, Regulus said. He didn't deserve it. Wait, you removed it or you took it? Sirius asked, lowering the spoon untouched. Did you keep it? Regulus shrugged. Sirius gagged a little, pushing the tray away from himself. Remus pushed it right back. There's no skin in there. Eat, Remus ordered. I'm not hungry now, Sirius complained. Eat, Remus ordered. Sirius rolled his eyes but Regulus shivered, instinctively reaching for the soup before he caught himself, blinking rapidly and shaking his head. He blushed a bright crimson right as Sirius began to laugh in delight. Did you just? James began. No, Regulus said hotly. With Remus. No, Regulus insisted. It was a joke. Ha. Ha. James echoed irritably. Ha fucking ha. Watch where you point that thing, Mooney. I'll watch, Remus said, eyeing Sirius evenly, and exhausted as he was, a ripple of heat moved up Sirius's spine. Promise, prongs. I'll watch. Finite. Thanks for listening to this text-to-speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.